Hey, how's it going, Champagne Sharks? Hope everyone's doing well. Just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning, let people know. Go to ChampagneSharks.com and you get access to all the links related to Champagne Sharks. You can go there and find it all. And you can find where we are on social media, our products, all that stuff. Also, Patreon benefits, which includes Discord server, book club night, movie night discussions, show notes, newsletter, and most importantly, bonus episodes. So definitely become a patron for $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. And without further ado, here is the episode. Take care. I wanted to just set it up real quick so people know what we're talking about. Um, I was having a conversation off the air with Ken and Vita about, you know, my son, he just graduated from high, from high school. He's 18 now. And I was talking to them about, you know, the difficulty in transitioning from, you know, having things done for you and, and you know, being a child and a juvenile versus, you know, having to transition over into adulthood. And my son is having some trouble in that regard. Now, granted, it's only been he's only been 18 for two months. So it's not like it's the end of the world or anything like that. But, you know, as a parent, I'm having a hard time and my wife is having a hard time trying to figure out, you know, when to parent and then when to back off and and let him do what he needs to do and even fail a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And so that's the context of the conversation that we were having. So go ahead, V. So I was going to say, actually, I kind of told me not to forget, but I forgot anyway. (laughs) Um. <laughs> I mean, I'll say I'll say this, you know, what I'm saying because I have a, I have a 17 year old like that's what I've been doing that for a while now. Whenever you do you do things and I'm asking you not to do it and you keep doing it. Well, you can pay your own bill. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Pay exactly. your own phone bill. I, hey, look, I like having a 70 dollar phone bill. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. I'm serious. Absolutely. The biggest consequence is the biggest consequence is always is with money. When somebody's mm-hmm. getting on your nerves in real life out into the real world, you sue them. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? When a mother, yeah. you know, that, that's what you do. You sue mm-hmm. them. You know what I'm saying? Or you fire them. You make it to where they can't make no money. Or you withhold you know their money. You don't support them. Yeah. You know, or you or don't support them. You don't give them no money. Exactly. exactly. Transitioning from, you know, treating them like a child and everything like that. As we get, as he gets older, we got to move more into the role of your parents as a, like sort of like a safety net. As opposed to the main right. provider, you know right. what I'm saying, yeah. and yeah. so that's where I'm having trouble. But then let me also add this. Let me also add this. My son it has legit ADHD, like not the little like you know they say everybody has ADHD or whatever. No, my son is legit has that disability, and so at times he can be super mature, and you would think this nigga was you know the most mature kid on the planet, but then there's other times where uh, he acts like somebody that's three years younger than himself, you know, 15 or some shit. You know what I'm saying? And so I have to keep that in mind when I make certain decisions regarding him, you know, and and, and, right, and right. how I how I approach. Like, I had to come to the realization the other day, like, I can't really leave it to him right now to go to, to be responsible and go to bed at a reasonable time so he can get up and take care of his business. Remember, I was telling you, I don't know if you guys remember, I was telling y'all. That I don't tell him to go to bed or none of that. You know what I'm saying? I was leaving that up to him. And what yeah, this yeah. dude end up doing is he he stays up all night. You know what I'm saying? But there's like, consequences to that. But there's going to be consequences. And he's you know experiencing them now because Absolutely. He's, he's, his grades are being severely affected in college right now already. 
You know. Oh what I'm yeah, saying? he just he's, started. That's right. Yeah, he just started, so he's missing assignments. He's going sleeping all day. Would stay up all night, sleep all day, get up at you know whatever time, and then try to rush and hurry up. And I said, it's not going. It don't work, work like that. It it's ain't not going to work. Yeah, he got to retrain his sleep because when yes. it, when you do that, it totally throws off your circadian rhythm. So you because mm-hmm. your your rhythm is supposed to be connected with the sun. Right, mm-hmm. that's just naturally what's supposed to happen. Your cortisol levels rise up in, during the day, and they drop so you can go to sleep. So he's his rhythm is all the way off. He has to literally retrain his body. But like you said, sometimes you can't leave it up to them because it'll never happen. And and you and you as a parent, and it sounds like you're good at this. You're able to gauge what your child is ready for and what they're not ready for, right? Like, I'll give you an example. My dad was not supportive, right? I had, at 18, I was out, out of the house, on my own, had to get my own place, all that shit. He, I learned, I knew nothing. He didn't teach me how to pay a bill. Anytime I had to pay a bill, I paid him. So it wasn't like I knew how to, <laughs> right. I didn't know how to pay a bill. I didn't know what a credit card make a, was. Make a money order or something like that. Right. I didn't know how you put the electric in your name or the phone in your name. I didn't know any of this stuff. I literally mm. just got kicked out of the house. He didn't even help me move. I had to ah, find damn. friends with a truck. And I didn't have a whole bunch of stuff anyway, but I had enough stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Um, but he, you know, I got no help whatsoever. And so I was kind of thrown out there not knowing shit. And I really fucked up a lot of shit. I'm just now getting my credit back together because I didn't know anything. So Absolutely. it's, it's yeah. important that, you know, people understand where their child is at. Did you Well, the have first to- thing is the first thing you got to have patience. Oh, that too. Absolutely. You got to have patience. Yeah. You got you got to have patience. Yeah. You got to give them grace. You got to give them grace and you got to have sure. patience. Absolutely. Because this is the thing. I told my daughter says this. she goes, um, Dad, you know, I want to get my license because I found this car and da-da-da-da-da, and I'm tired of catching the bus. I said, yeah, I bet you are tired of catching the bus because you'll be up at 3 in the morning with me. Because mm. I can hear you in the next room on your phone. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's the reason why you're tired. It's not because you can't get up in the morning and go to school. You never had this problem. Right. Now, all of a sudden, coming out of COVID where they were at home all year last year, now you got to get up and go to school. Now it's all these problems. No, this is a you problem. This isn't a school problem because you already knew that this is what was going to be happening anyway. So this is a you problem. So what are you willing to do to fix that? Because I'm, I'm not going out of my way. Up. I'm not going out of my way to do all this extra shit. We're not doing yeah. that. I'm, not gonna I'm glad you brought up COVID. I'm yeah. glad you brought that up because that's another part of it. I, I didn't even mention that. They've been um, doing um, distance learning for basically the last two years. Well, you know, the last two academic years, I should say. So, um and now my youngest, they're back in school. They're actually going to campus now, but he's still doing distance learning because, you know, Pasadena City College is not let, uh, they're not doing on campus right now. Mm, so he's still okay. in that okay. same. So he's still able to be at home. Right. So oh, okay. I thought he was able that. to go on campus. If he no. was going on campus, it'd be a little bit different. It'd be different. Yeah. And that's yeah, what I had yeah. to keep in mind. So I'm glad you brought that part of it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's sure. a big struggle, especially when you're you've been home. Now you're at home. It's hard to, yeah. Especially when you're coming from a life where you've been out of the house all day, and then you mm-hmm. come home, right? Right. Now you're at home all day. So I can imagine mm-hmm. that being a challenge. And honestly, I've never taken online classes specifically because I know how I am, and mm-hmm. I don't do well in that kind of shit. Like I gotta Me be neither. in the classroom looking at a nigga arguing with people in my class on the spot. You know, it doesn't right. work. <laughs> I can't argue with my <laughs> right. classmates. You know, from my house. It, you know, it doesn't work right. the same way. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just it's it's that's definitely a challenge in itself. How many classes does he have? Um, I don't think he has a, he has to have twelve credits. So I'm not sure how many classes that it's is. It's a full load. Him, okay, yeah, so for him to qualify, classes. got you. Yeah, so for him to qualify for the stuff that he's 
getting right now. Uh, he's in like all kind of little special programs for kids that graduated with honors and all this kind of shit. So um, I think they're giving him like a laptop and like he's getting all kind of, but he has to maintain a certain amount of credits. Now, don't quote me on it. I'm sorry if it's I think it's 12, but it might be nine or something like that. I'm not in order to get in order for him to get financial aid. He has to be at least half time. That's and that's exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's so another part of the financial. I think aid. four classes starting off for that's most, twelve. I, I went to community college, um, right, right out of high school. I'm I went during the summer, took one class first, right, because I'm not a good student. I've never been a good student. I hate school, and so um, I think it, yeah, it's a lot of reasons why I hate school. But anyway, so when I got to community college and I took my first summer class, that was like my introduction. You know what I mean? And I took my time. Then when it came for the regular semester, I, I did take on that full load, but I also did that on the campus. So I had office hours. I was able to connect with other students on the campus. Me and my classmates would form study groups. And so it was a very different experience being on the campus versus being at home. If I was at home, I probably would take less classes because it's just, I don't think I could do four classes at home. That just sounds like a big challenge for me. That's why I was curious how many classes he was taking. Cause that's, that's, I'll find if, out for if sure. he's taking a full load, I can also see that being very difficult doing it for yeah home. taking 12 credits is a full load which is three classes but uh, that's also a lot of reading a lot of work i mean because you look at it like this well i think it's um, four classes because i'm thinking community college they get three credits per class not four. okay okay so the thing about it is like you gotta think of it like this first of all um whatever classes he's teaching if he has to take any prereq oh yeah they're pretty much going to be teaching him a year's worth of work in 12 weeks mm-hmm. yeah that's true you know what I'm English, saying? I think English is his prereq that he's doing. Oh, right yeah. Now. So he's going to yeah. get that's 12 weeks of work. And that's a whole year's worth of work in 12 weeks. And that's the class that he's struggling in right now. I think he's it, like, it's a lot of reading. It's going to be a lot of reading. It's going to be a lot of attention to detail. It's going to yeah. be a lot of uh, probably the online thing where you have to respond, have to create a post, respond to two to three different people. Man, I already know how this shit works. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, what he's going to have to do is use his time wisely. So that's really all it boils down to. That's use your good- time wisely. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that, uh, Kenny. That's a really good point because when you are taking a uh, a full taking a full time load in itself yeah. is already a challenge on its own. Well, the but main you're thing is pre-recs, the prereqs. Yeah, taking prereqs, it's even more challenging because yes. you are literally taking a whole year in one. That's semester. the stuff in college. It's that's not the, like that's in the, high those school. Pre-rec- no, those prereq classes are because you didn't take that in high school, so they got to get that to you to get you to the college level. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? You got to get you to that 300 level. So that means that's like if you had if he had to take math, which I hope he doesn't, that's going to be math, um, a year's worth of math in 12 weeks. That's a lot of fucking work. It is. And I'm really lucky I didn't have prereqs because I did have those classes. I didn't. It was funny. I actually failed <laughs> almost math almost every semester. But because I went to a hood school, all I had to do was go to intercession or summer school and make up, you know, and get an A and just show up and not be a gang member. You literally just showed up and got an A, right? right? right. Um, <laughs> I'm not even joking. I learned absolutely nothing <laughs> in school. So yes. I would just show up, you know, <laughs> look like I wasn't a problem kid, and they gave me an A. Uh-huh. And I, that A averaged out with my failing grade to a C. So when I got to community college, I'm like, oh, you took calculus? Oh, you're way ahead. I didn't know I failed that shit, <laughs> you know? You know what's funny is math is a strength of his. Like, he doesn't have issues with math at all. He, um, Good, thank God. His thing is, like, anything that requires... Uh, More abstract math for the most thinking. There you go, boom. And Which is weird because he's, a, he's an excellent artist, so I don't even understand how that, you know, but I don't get how the excellent brain works. Excellent visual so. artist? 
Yeah, like he can draw anything. Like yeah, he, he, visual he, art is a little bit different, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I don't think he like goes off the top of his head. His sister goes off the top of her head. She, you know, she'll just create stuff out of nothing. She doesn't have to have like any type of uh, a visual aid or muse or anything like that. She just comes up with her own shit. But he works best uh, when he has something that he's looking at, and then he can create like that. So. But yeah, he like English and all that kind of stuff. You know, he's always had certain issues with that. But then it's weird because history, math, science, that kind of stuff, he seems to to really get that. So I don't know. It's, it's weird. But like you said, Vita, a while, a while ago, when we were having conversations about the different types of learning, uh, you know, that's for whatever reason, that's in his bag, you know? Yeah. Yeah. See, math ain't my shit. I'm the opposite. I'm the exact opposite. <laughs> I it, like wasn't my, it wasn't my shit either. I just, me either. I, yeah, me either. Straight yeah, up. I, I found I, out. Yeah. I found out about a website called Mathway, mm-hmm. and it, it shows you. It doesn't. It's not really cheating. It just shows you how to do the the formulas. And once I figured that shit out, it cost me twenty bucks, and I was charging all the football players money to um that was do that shit for them. Yeah. See, I didn't even. I didn't take math in college. Thankfully, I took. I think I took one math class, and that was sociological statistics, and that was required for the major. Yeah, it was statistics. Yeah, and I listen. I took that class. I had a tutor. I had everything. Man, I went to the office that shit hours. Is a beast. The only reason that t- that professor gave me a passing grade is because she saw how hard I was trying. Yep, that, that's how the, I got one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know the, the professor said the the professor asked uh, in the beginning of the term. Um, do you guys want fifty percent of your grade to be homework or fifty percent to be test? We all said homework. Absolutely. So I knew for a fact I was gonna pass and I passed with a C and I never had to take math again and I never will. Fuck that. Yeah, mm, so, and that was mm, also mm. the only class I had to take. Well, not the only class, I had a couple others, but very few classes I had, I had in class exams, but stats you had in class exams. Right. And I have I have extremely high test taking anxiety. And people who don't know what that is, basically when you get ready to take a test, you fucking pay. Oh, you can study you can study every day of the week and then you'll look at the formulas and they'll start moving around on you on the paper. Exactly, <laughs> right? And so I used to get panic attacks and throw up and all types of shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> right oh, before yeah. a test oh, or during oh, the test. Oh. It was bad. So it um so I ended up getting put on disability services for that. So so, which which is how I got the tutor and how I got all the extra help. But yeah, if tests and all that shit, not my thing. I, I I can't sit there. I can't sit there and think with people looking at me and there's a stopwatch. You know what I mean? I have to be able to create and come up with ideas and figure it out. And I can't do that when I'm under panic. And in fact, what's funny about that? And as I've taught you guys, if you guys listen to any of my. Uh, conversations on trauma and the brain and all that if you remember when you're in survival mode you literally have no access to certain parts of your brain and so when i'm in panic mode i can't get to the analytical part of my brain Mm. that that part of your brain shuts down that's why when you're in a panic in your situation if you don't calm down you 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 usually make a really irrational decision so your because your brain just says get out of the way get yourself safe defend yourself and you don't have a time you don't have time to think you just have to go. So when I'm in panic mode, that part of my brain where you sit and analyze and think and all that shit, that completely shuts down. It turns off. Yeah. It completely shuts down. And all I can think is I, I got to get myself safe. But if you're in the middle of a classroom, it's like, well, what does that mean? So you, you just end up having a panic attack. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Right. It's kind of a split thing. You don't really have time to think like that. You know what I mean? And I get it. Like, you know, the, the thing about it is this is a good thing for your son to go through this because if, if you're going to go to college and this is what you're going to do, there's nothing wrong with failing. Good. Fail. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Fail. Exactly. Because That's the thing fact. is, nobody really, nobody really cares 
later on down the road, you know what I'm saying, once he graduates, what his GPA was when he was in college, nobody cares. Because the, uh-huh. the thing about it is it's the way of problem solving. It's like how they talk about math. Problem solving is what you're learning. So the networking, which sucks because he's online. That's the thing that sucks because college is not where you go get a job. It's where you go to network. Exactly. So the networking aspect of the things that he wants to do, he's going to have to do it all through email until they uh-huh. open the campus back up. And the idea of problem solving, getting to class on time, meeting with your professor, meeting with your counselor, meeting with this friend. It's all on all online. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, if you're on campus, I, that's a really great point. And especially the social aspect of it, because you really don't. We, we, we tend to underestimate who we are socially. When yeah. you're on a campus and you're talking to other students, you're learning a lot. Why? Because y'all talking about what just happened in class. And this is yes. your this is your regular conversation. Right. You're talking about whatever it is you learned. You're debating a point. All that kind of stuff happens when you're on a campus. You're at lunch. You're kicking it with people. You're talking about this, talking about that. You're with your classmates. After class, you're talking. And naturally, you begin to learn more things or become such a, or so conditioned in your mind just naturally without you having to sit and read a book all day. But you've heard them talk about um, WB Du Bois for like, you know, the past six weeks <laughs> so you under you have a different thinking than somebody when you're out than when you're out in a space where nobody's talking about that shit nobody knows what you're studying nobody cares about what you're studying you know <laughs> right versus because as you're learning and one thing about college you know the the best part about college is you literally do learn new information it's oh yeah shit you've never heard of before you're learning about people and ideas and perspectives and that's also very exciting when you're having those casual conversations with people that's one where you get to know people and they get to know study, you. like study groups exactly and it becomes almost a natural study group very and almost habitual because so, you're gonna find you're gonna find people on campus that have the same things that you have going on whether it's your learning abilities or disability or the way you learn because it's not I don't really look exactly. at anything as being a learning disability people just learn differently facts you know i love saying? that yeah so yes, at the end definitely. of the day he might the way he learns you're gonna find people that learn the same way you do and you're gonna have people you and this is the crazy thing you're gonna have people in the class that you think don't know shit you're gonna be like damn you fly through everything then you got people that ask the most analytical questions but they're struggling you know what I'm saying? Because the way you learn is more or less like feed me information. It's not more or less, okay, I remember and then put it on paper. Exactly. That's just, mem- that's just memorizing stuff. And, and people, some people do that all the time in college. Yeah, yeah, they're really good at memorizing stuff. I can't memorize shit. And that's probably nah. why I don't remember anything, but I remember concepts. I remember ideas, but I never remember details. <laughs> yeah. So he's, it, I mean, so the, so the idea for him, you know, um, as far as him, his his own discipline, that's something he's going to have to put together. He's going to have to be disciplined and come up with a way that he can uh, be more sustainable because he's, he's learning from home. But I mean, even if that means like, you know, connecting with his classmates and putting together their own study groups just to get out of the house and do this on a routine basis. You know what I'm saying? That works because the school ain't going to put together your study groups. You got to figure that out on your own. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And this is the same thing. My daughter's going to have the same problem. Now, she's going to school away from Oregon. She's going to probably go to school in New York or um, California somewhere. So she's going to have, and she's more, she's a, she is a social butterfly. So she'll find people that, you know, are, you know, thinking and doing and things like that. But my thing is where her is procrastination. You know what I'm saying? Because she's such a social butterfly that she thinks that she can just get things done really fast and then turn it in. And the simple fact that she formatted everything right, she should get the grade. No, 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 no. This shit got to be right. And what a lot of oh, kids got to yeah. understand is these teachers don't give a fuck. I've been in lecture halls where there's 300 people. The only reason why they know you there is because you turned to work in. Yep. They're not they calling roll. Yep. Yeah, they're not calling roll and all that. If you never show up, not they don't know. They don't know. You know what they're doing? Um, 
they're doing this thing now where they're docking points off of your your grades or whatever for if you show up on time, if you don't show up on time and all this type of shit. I'm like, what kind of high school shit is that? Like, I didn't know they did that in college. Like, if Wait, you, at, at PCC they're doing that? Yeah, if he comes late to a class or something like that or if he oh, signs in online. late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're probably just, or something. They're probably just doing it to to get to encourage people to actually show up online, right? It's, that's that's what it's, that's what it sounds like. I don't because they don't really want you because about... they don't want you coming back asking questions that you shouldn't be asking if you wouldn't if you would have been there. Because right. online, when you're online, it's kind of hard to say I didn't know that everybody's online. To whereas when you're in a classroom, it's a little bit different where you can come late, still get the info. Because when you're online, it's just you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's just you. You're not gonna have a bunch of people you could talk to later on because if you don't know them, you know, and you ain't reaching out. And plus, he's coming from high school, so he's probably not gonna be too open to reaching out to fellow students because in college, your son is 18. There's a classmate in there that's 35. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's gonna be a little bit different. You know, that's why your discipline is so important. Also, fish. Okay. Also, just real quick, the fact that he's in a community college is really a benefit. Not only, not, not only is it saving y'all money, but, but, <laughs> but it's also a good space to learn and fail because it's not, there's not as much pressure on you. Um, and, and then when you get ready to go to university, you'll have a lot more tools in your belt, you know? So it's really, it's really good that he's there to learn how to adult because that's where, that's where it's going to start. But what me, were you going to say? Let me tell y'all the two biggest fears that I had. Well, what, the one fear that I had about community college, and it was this. When I graduated from high school, I went to community college, and a lot of people that I know went to community college. I think I lasted like maybe two semesters or something like that before I just, you know, I started going to jail and all kind of shit. I was out there. But one of the things that I, that I noticed back in the day was a lot of the people that I knew that went to community college, they didn't continue. Like, they just did that, and then just boom, they dropped off and went into adulting, right? They didn't end up pursuing it all the way through, then going to university, graduating, getting a career, yada, yada, yada. Like, I've rarely ever seen that. And so that was one of the things I was concerned about when we were trying to decide, like, okay, is he really going to be ready? Because he wanted to go to the art center. And art center is no joke. Like, you you can't, like, it's, art center basically is preparing you to be a professional. Like, it's not, they're not going to hold your hand. You got to get together with your coast, with your others, with your fellow students and do all these different projects. It's from day one. It's 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 um, nonstop, all gas, no breaks. That's what the 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 counselor was telling him, you know. And so me and his mom, we were sitting there. We were like, well, shit, you know, we know our you know, your kids strengths and weaknesses and everything like that. So in my mind, I wanted to just throw him in there, you know, like, man, just throw him in there. And I think, you know, maybe he'll rise to the occasion. Because I just fear, like, if this boy go to community college, it's going to be too lax, the temptation. He's going to be around the same area, the same people. And the temptation is going to be too great to just kind of, like, get lackadaisical. And then before you know it, two or three years then went by and you're still trying to get your credits together. And then next thing you know, you know, you take a dead-end job somewhere and then the rest of your life starts in that same trajectory. That was my fear. Well, that's a um, common fear. I've yeah. heard people say that. But the thing about that, just to that particular point, 
and I've heard it multiple times. This comes from a person who went to community college and transferred. And most of my friends that I went to community college with transferred to some university. And so the one that speaks to your the, the circle that you're around, the people that you know, that's one thing. The other thing is, it's not the school that's the issue. Those same people would have done the same thing in university, except it would have cost mm. them a whole lot more money. It would have cost them a whole lot more money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You get yeah. what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So it's not that, it's not the, not the college that's different. You know, it's the person and it's, it's who they are. They weren't prepared for college regardless, or they had other responsibilities that they had that, that pulled them to that way. That would have happened at a four year or a two year. It really wouldn't have mattered. Definitely. Um, also, community college is a great place if you already know what you want to do. And mm-hmm. it's, it's great if you, if you even if you don't. It's a great way to test the water, see what you know, play around if you want to. It's going to take some time, but hey, that might be what you need to do. However, if you know what you're going to do, and you like when I went to so when I went to community college, I knew I wanted to go to USC. That was already the plan. And I had to say, what do I need to get there? Okay, I need to have at least a 3.5 GPA. Coming from a person who was failing most of her classes in high school, that was a tall, that's a tall task to ask someone, right? So, but at community college, that's literally where I learned the basics. I I had to learn how to study, I had to learn how to write. And even after community college, I went to USC and I was still underprepared. Sad enough, right? Because I was so far behind in the first place. So community college barely let me play catch up. And then when I got to USC, it was a whole nother level, a whole other level, which I was not expecting. And I almost failed out of that. But I kept working hard. I tried hard. Um, I did what I had to do to, to, to stay, you know, and graduate. Um, but and it was hard for me. But I did it. Well, you, had, you, had that, mm-hmm. you had a certain inner drive that, that helped you to, to keep at it. You know what I'm saying, and and my son is externally motivated. And yeah, that's the, I had external that's motivation though, but you I had also I I knew I was going to be out of the house at 18. I was 17 when I started community college because I graduated at 17. I knew I was going to be out of the house, and there's no dorm for community college. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that was that was my factors. outside. Yeah, yeah, definitely some outside. And on top of that, I was around people who were doing the same thing. So my friends were doing the exact same thing. They were going to community college and either going to USC because they were, we were, we, 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 if we had completed it that way, we had a scholarship that was going to wait for us. Um, but, my, but my friends who even didn't do that, they might have went on to other schools, might have transferred to other states, whatever it was. But what we did was we kept with our counselor because when I was in high school, I had a really good counselor. And we could like we would talk to her all the time. She put you in programs. She helped you grab whatever you needed. She she had you. So I learned that going to the working with the counselor on a regular basis also helps you. So in community college, I had them tell me what do I need to transfer. I only took those classes that qualified me to transfer. When mm. I worked, I met with my counselor almost every other week to make sure I was on track. Hey, you know my grades slipping in this. Will this make a difference if I want to be in the journalist school of journalism at USC? Yes, it's gonna make a big difference. And guess what happens when I finish? I got a great letter of recommendation to go to USC from from my counselors and professors on the campus, right? So you have to have a plan. If you, if your goal is to, if you if his goal is to get to the art institute, what's not art? Where what's it called? Art academy. Uh, it is the hold on. I want to get the exact name. It's world renowned. Like all the Disney people go there. Yeah. All the big Hollywood. So then he has to be taking the classes that solely get him there. And and if, if that's the vision, if if his his external motivation is I want to be there with those people and get that skill set and have this life, if that's the goal, that's the external motivation. Then you, what do I need to do to get there? You talk to your counselor. Let them tell tell them this is my goal. 
okay, this is how you're going to get there. Take these classes every semester. If you don't pass this, it's okay. You can, you can make it up by doing by doing this. Withdraw before you fail. Whatever it is that you have to do. Because when I was failing classes, I asked, asked the counselor, should I keep going and get a, and try to get a D or a C? Or, or should I withdraw? It. Right. Mm-hmm. And they'll say... Mm, I think you, I think we, you, based on what your professor's saying, you could probably pull it off if you work very hard. Or they might say, "Yeah, it's not looking too good. You might want to withdraw from that class." Mm, okay. Right. So it's that's called what's, the, yeah. So utilizing the support that exists on the campus, really. Okay. Okay. It's called the Art Center College of Design. So that's that's where he wants to go. See, because the, 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 okay, oh, yeah, go, ahead, go ahead, Mario. Go ahead. He had a few options. School. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He had a few options. Um, one of them was UC Santa. What's the one up north? Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. I want to say, yeah, mm-hmm. that was because they have an excellent video game design. Uh, that's his thing. He wants to get into or Santa Barbara. You know, it's one of those two. One of those two. He wanted to get into video game design, and so you know they had a they supposedly have a reputation for having a really good program up there. And then so we were going through all these different options, and I said, well, you know, you know the um, the art center of design, you know, supposedly there. Supposedly upper echelon and all this type of stuff. Once you look into that one too, and you know, just kind of add it to the mix. And then once we start having conversations with the with the counselors and everything over there, it was just like, oh man, yeah, this is it. You know what I'm saying? Like they sold a really good, um, they sold their program really well. And and one of the things that attracted him was the the video game design program that they have there is is new. So he was like, man, I could get in on that. And is they kind of like building it up and I could be a part of one of the first classes to graduate from there for that. And it's a world renowned, renowned school already. You know what I'm saying? So he was like excited about the prospect of being one of the first people to graduate from their video game design emphasis and this kind of stuff. But then it was just like, plus the money, I ain't gonna lie. You're like, that, that school, <laughs> that school, you know, over 50K, you know, after aid and all that. I'm like, ooh, man, you, you, we and gonna Community to... college is free for him, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. See, and, and the thing is with community college, because I started at a community college um, the second time I went to college. The first time I was playing football, I was doing, being a dummy. Right. Um, but, <laughs> ain't that a trip? <laughs> being a, I was being a crash test dummy, literally. Yeah. Yeah. literally um community college it, you just you're allowed more resources when you get onto a college campus like like for whatever reason if he wanted to transfer from uh pcc and go to usc or go to ucla or go to uh pepperdine or something it's gonna be so many people like your counselor don't have time they have time but not the time you need because mm. you might need you might need to sit with a counselor for two hours you know what I'm saying? Just to conversate and try to navigate on a university campus, it's not like that unless yeah. you're on a very small campus. If you're at... Um, yeah, like the Claremont Colleges or something. Yeah, something, something like that. It's got to be a small campus. You know what I'm saying? St. Yeah. Mary's or something. Like, where's St. Mary's? In Santa Clara or somewhere? Where the fuck that is? There's like, if you're on a college <laughs> campus like that, then you can get that time, but you're also going to be paying about $90,000. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the community college gives you that private school feel because you get more time. Get and, you know, because a lot attention. of the counselors, the only kids they're counseling is you. Mm-hmm. Now, the teachers are usually adjunct and they're probably working at eight, nine different colleges at the same time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they don't, they're not going to have a lot of time like the counselors will. So, and counselors make pretty good money. So they ain't, they don't be complaining too much. The teachers that complain. But, um, but also, also Oh, I was going to say what he also should do is um, go on rate my professor to make sure the professor that he's taking is good because a lot of these teachers don't give a fuck about teaching. They just want money. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a great website. But um, 
Also, what I was going to say, too, is that when you have the attention of a counselor in a community college, it's because they the school is invested in your success. They're yeah. actually community colleges are literally dependent upon your success. They don't if they don't if you guys don't succeed and by succeed, it means either graduate from their school, transfer to a university or get into a trade. They lose funding because they look like they're not doing what they, or they lose or they can lose accreditation. So they actually invested in making sure that you graduate because they want to be a premier place for students to go to, to if they want to do something else. They want to be a premier place. And community colleges have a lot more competition than the university because they all cost the same. <laughs> right, 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 right. So the only thing that makes a difference really for community colleges is location, right? So the thing, if you are at a, um, a community college, you have – People who are invested in you being successful, they want you to graduate or or um, transfer or or get into a trade. That's why so many community colleges have so many trades. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you yep. want a uh, Compton College has a has a cosmetology program. Yep. You know. Yep. So um, so that's really important for people to know that that's that Kenny's point is you get more attention, you have more support, yeah. and they know that you're there for. The ability to get to, uh, to do so something. a community college, like I was saying, you don't go to college to get a job. That's not true at a community college because they're directly connected to the yes. workforce. Yes. So and like she programs. was like Vita was just saying, if you want to go into a trade, you can go directly from PCC to being a welder, to being a pipe fitter, to being yes. an uh, auto mechanic, electrical uh, mechanic, or any of those things because they're so connected to the trades. Like the tra- it's like a feeding system for the trades. No, it's oh. a fact. And on top of that, like Trade Tech College, which is a, which clearly it's a trade school, <laughs> um, right. but, it's a community, right, right. but it's a community college. Like you can take anything there. Yeah. Um, but one of the things they have, they have a reentry program. So if you're coming out of prison or you're yep. homeless, they yeah. have specific programs to help you get into work. And I watched. I was. I was worked. I worked with one of those programs uh, for when I was working in healthcare. And it was interesting the stories that people were telling you. They'll tell you they're basically what would happen is they were homeless, sleeping in a car. They got out of jail. They had nowhere to go. They couldn't stay with relatives because their relatives all lived in the projects or had um, public housing, and they could not live there because they they're a felon. So. They had, to, they had to figure it out, but they come to Trade Tech, all of a sudden, they have they found there's all these supports that exist for them. And there's a whole program to get them into a trade as they con- as they finish school. Bar- barbershop, tr- uh, cutting hair, and all that kind of stuff. Even though I think in California, I think they tried to, unless they changed it, maybe they have, I don't know. But at one point, you could not be a felon and cut hair and be a cosmetologist of any type. Yeah, you couldn't get a cosmetology mm. license or a barbering license. Well, yeah, any uh, any of those state licenses, you can, it's, they made it extremely difficult to get um, anything. So, like, even if you change your life and, um, you know, you wanted to try to get some type of state certification, you know, like you said, to be you know, cosmetology or to become a locksmith or whatever, right. you know, you a contractor, they made it extremely difficult for you. I think now you, you still have to, because they have access to the database. So even if you get your record expunged, they could still see that you had, you know, whatever the crime was, whether it was a felony, misdemeanor, what have you. And right, then, right. you know, they, you got to disclose that and then they can ask you about it. There's like an interview process now and then they make a decision based on whatever facts, you know. But um, that's a whole nother conversation and I'm getting ready to write my goddamn local uh, <laughs> congressman and, and state rep about that shit. Yeah, because it's, it's terrible. Yeah, California needs to revamp their entire expungement program out here in this state because it's yeah, bullshit. Yeah, it, you know, California is so far behind it from compared to a place like Oregon. When they put, um, they have this uh, law called, um, God damn it, what is it called? It's, oh, shit. Ban the box. I don't mm-hmm. know if they have that in oh, California. Oh, yeah, yeah, they do. 
Oh, they do? Mm-hmm. I, don't, okay, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it passed or not, but I don't think that, that was something that they put out here. Yeah, ban the box is very important because what it does, it allows people to have at least a chance. So basically, when you apply for a job, regardless of what's on your criminal history, they can't use that against you unless you're a candidate for the job. Oh, That's yeah. when they can you talk about your criminal history. Now, in, in a lot of these places, I mean, some of these jobs, especially with trades and things like that, you didn't got all the way to the point to the hiring process. Now you want to talk about because I stole a car in 1994. Bro. I don't think I don't think a lot of uh, a lot of jobs are going to really care about a 20 year old crime. You know what I'm saying? Once you done got to that point. And I'm going to tell you, man, it's nothing in the world that's more devastating than you get all the way to the final interview process. And then that's the obstacle. Right. Because you know, I've as somebody that's had that happen, bro, like I, I've been in that situation where. Um, I think I told you about that, Ken, or I think I told both of y'all about that. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah. You told us about it. You know, and it was just like when you get that that no, it's it's just the last one that I got. It really fucked me up for a long time, bro. I like went into a legit depression. Like I was just like, right, what right. the fuck is the point of this bullshit? Mm-hmm. Like I just barely did what I had to do to take care of the family. You know, pay the rent, get some food, but I didn't want to go to work no more. Like I was, I was done. Like I just, right. It was a period of time where. I just felt like it's it's really no point to none of this shit. They're not going to never let me get over the past. Right, 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 right. And, and there's so, these expungement clinics. Uh, the ones up here are pretty good. I know the ones in California, they got all these stipulations because there's certain crimes they don't want you to get off your record. Right. Like, uh, I think domestic violence is one of them. That's one. Yeah. Um, definitely any kind of sex, uh, sex offender type. Crime oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's another one. But my thing is this. I'm not talking about, like, domestic violence and all that kind of stuff. Um, but there are certain crimes, really any other crime, if you've been straight for, like, 10 years or more, I don't know why they don't drop that shit all the way off your record. You know like what I'm credit saying? card like, fraud or something. Credit card yeah. fraud, whatever. Or drugs. Yeah, whatever. To me, I don't yeah, care drugs, really what yeah. the crime was. If you've been straight for ten years and you've been you changed your life and you can provide evidence that you you straight, I'm gonna I'm tell you why. I'm, and I heard this from a black person. This is some fucked up shit. I'm gonna tell you why they don't do it. Uh, I, and I'm not saying it's true, and I hope it's not true. But this is something that somebody I would call them. I guess you would call them a square. You know, uh, in the workforce, why they say that they don't want to drop stuff like that is because they look at it like, well, you might not have been committing crimes. Or maybe you've just been getting away with it, but see, oh, but you know, but this is the yeah, thing, but though. that logic is dumb. Oh, it's very dumb. It's you ain't gotta tell that me. Could, that, that's gonna go for anybody. You know yeah. what I mean? Anybody could be a criminal with that. Well, logic. I mean, most of the time we hear about these major crimes is coming from people that got these high powered jobs, and then you find out they've been doing shit forever and they never been arrested. Exactly. Right? You know, I always tell people this, and you guys know I've been working in the type of job that I have where I help people get jobs. I've been doing this for years. I'd rather have somebody working that got a little dirt under their nails, that have failed, that have went through some things, and it's trying to, because those are your hardest workers. Right. You know what I'm saying? They work harder than anybody because they know that, look, I ain't got a lot of time, and I ain't got, I'm too old to be fucking up. Like, if I hired someone who's 40 years old, and I look at their record, and I find out he has a felony for a gun beef, and I find out he was a gang member in 1989, you know what I'm saying? I don't give a fuck. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That dude ain't doing that right now. He, of course, he was caught up in the in the in the world, as the church people say. He was caught up in the world. Okay, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean <laughs> that doesn't mean that he's gonna be. He's gonna do. Does that mean he's gonna bring a, a gun to the job? Like you have to think about these things. Are you the same person you were sense. in your 30s or 40s that you were in your teens and 20s? And when you were 17, exactly. That's the question you know? that a lot of people don't ask. Like, right? I'm not the same person I was when I was 24 years old. 
you know, which was the last time I got in any kind of trouble. Like, I'm not that person no more. You know what I'm saying? I've had totally different life experiences. You know, I got a family, didn't work for jobs for years, have an impeccable reputation in my community yeah. now. You know what I'm saying? Do community work, all of that. You know what I mean? And like, mm. I can't apply. Well, I can apply, but I'll get denied more than right. likely. If I wanted to become a locksmith or something like that, like, I, I'd, I'd have to go through it. You know what I'm right. saying? And what I'm suggesting and what I'm going to write to my local, you know, my local state and Congress represent whatever. I'm going to say California needs to adopt like Utah, where if you get an expungement, it is done. Like it's over. It's erased. Right. Period. In the state of California, it's only erased to the point where private companies can't see it. But see, the, up here, it's only a race unless you're applying for a government job, uh, the police department, right? Then fire department, something right, like that. Right. right. And this is similar here. Yeah. And so I'm like, go ahead, V. Well, I was just thinking, like, because we, we talk about it as though everybody who's got some, who's had uh, something on their record or a felony has this life that they life change that they have to make. And it might not even be that. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. the really fucked up part. You right. can be, you know, you could have done nothing wrong or maybe mm-hmm. don't feel like, or or maybe you were in a fucked up circumstance and you did something that was illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll give you an example. I worked with a lot of girls. When I worked with pregnant parenting teens and teens on uh, probation and kids in, uh, in youth camps and stuff, especially with girls, you'll find that they were doing shit like, you know, they had their boyfriend's car and their boyfriend had a gun in the car. And when she oh, got pulled, yeah. and when she got pulled yeah. over, it turns out the gun was connected to a murder. But she's oh, not going to say man. nothing. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, for sure. So yes, now, yeah. and this is a girl, she was good. She had good grades. She was, you know, she was on her way to college, all that stuff. But she fell in love with the wrong person, you know? Um, or, or was, or, and, 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 or if, even if it was her brother or her homeboy, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter whose car it was, really. So she might not have, so some people, they have things on their record that's not because they lived this life of crime. It's because they were caught up in a fucked up circumstance. And that happens a lot. And I think that the judgment that a lot of people have when they're hiring people is that is that they assume, oh, this must be a person who just commits crimes all the time. They're clearly a person who engages in illegal activity without even having the full story of what happened, you know, or what's going on with that person. So um, I always want to, you know, even in myself, just kind of think about it that way. It's like, well, I don't know what that means. You but know what I mean? Circumstances, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I can tell you right now. If you see my shit, you're gonna be like, oh hell no. Nah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I mean, I I'm saying most well, person. you know me, but <laughs> all right, I know I'm just saying, like, most people, if they don't know me and know like my journey and like what I do now versus what I was doing back then, they'll see that and they'll be like, Oh nah, nigga, you nah, we can't have you around here. You know what I mean? Because they don't care about context or they don't care about then versus now. Stuff like that, like what you were saying, they just, they just like, nope, not, nope, you're not coming. That's what happened to me. You know what I mean? Like they, they. I mean, people do that in dating. (laughs) You know, people do that in everything. You know, um, I'm, but I've, I'm not that person. You know what? Kind of changed my um way of thinking. A long time ago, somebody said something to me, and I never forgot it. And they said, "What if everybody judged you by the worst thing you ever did, all the time, everywhere you went?" the worst thing you've ever done. And I had to think about, I've not done some bad shit. You know, I've done some fucked up shit, just like every other human being. You know what I mean? I lost my temper and did things I shouldn't have done, you know? Mm-hmm. And what if everyone judged me? And I'm the same person who, who works with kids and is very patient with people and I'm very giving, I'm very forgiving, you know? You meet me and that's the kind of person you're going to get. 
I, you know, I'll go above and beyond for people if necessary. But what if they all judge me based off the time that I did something fucked up to somebody out of my anger? You'd never get any. None of us would ever get anywhere. Exactly. You know, and and I, 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 I look at life like that as well. You know, and I know Ken does, too. Like you there comes a time when you, you have to be willing to look at your own. So this is where introspection is so important. And a lot of people don't have that for whatever reason. Um, it, it's real heavy, man. Like when you put it like that. A lot of people would be very uncomfortable looking yeah. at the worst things that they've ever done in their lives and having that out in the open in the sunshine for everybody to see, you know. But we get into these situations where, you know, we're gatekeepers and, you yep, know, yep. we're going we to stop this nigga from. We got that's really that's them. really one of the biggest parts. And what I learned yeah. is and this, you know, the crazy thing about it is when I, I got in trouble in 2005 um, and I said to myself, I have to figure out a way because I got this criminal background now um and it wasn't even nothing crazy but still it's a background so i have to figure out a way to where when i do try to do something i have a track record of doing something that's mm-hmm. the only reason why i went to college because mm-hmm. i was on probation you know what i'm saying i just became a single dad i had to figure out because the jobs i was applying for i would get them and i'd just be like man i hate this fucking shit <laughs> like it'd just be piece of shit jobs so yeah. i had to figure that part out and once I figured that out, the, the next level was is when I ran into the gatekeepers. See, because when you on the when you're on the bottom level, you're on the bottom floor and you just now getting in the door, you ain't going to run into them gatekeepers yet. You don't run into them until you start trying to achieve and right. gain momentum. Next level, man. That's exactly. when you run into the gatekeepers. And that's when I, I ran into them on college campuses. And I started noticing how, like I told you, that was a black person that told me. Oh yeah, you know they—they they probably you probably don't have no near your record in ten years, but they probably think you were still getting away with it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't yeah, even know what it, that means. What does that mean? It means in their eyes you a nigga, and we just ain't <laughs> caught you yet. But you probably do this. That's the same shit that racist white folks think. Now, now remember, I every say, black person is in, is inherently criminal. But now remember, I always say that black people do extra shit that white people don't ask them to do. Right. Yes. Now I'm yes. not gonna say that white people think that way because I can't confirm that. But I do know there's black people that think that way. You know what I'm saying? Because they look at you as a threat. I tell people this all the time. The most threatening person is a person that has a severe, and I don't know if that word fits, a severe street background, but then get the mainstream background, like going to college or getting an education, because those two things blended, you can't fool that person. You cannot fool a person that grew up in the street life and changed and went and went deep into college education and going into whether it was politics or education or um, anything like that. You cannot fool that person because they've seen everything. Now, the person that only came from the square background, they get fooled every day mm-hmm. and they believe everything they hear to a certain degree. So a, a black person that will say, oh, the reason why they uh, didn't hire you is because they probably seen that you didn't commit any crimes, but they probably think you're still getting away with it. That's crazy thinking. And to say that, like, it's normal thinking. That's, yeah. that's, that's not normal. Like, that's, that's not normal. Yeah. You know what? That makes me think of that black lady. Um, she's a, she said she was an HR person for years. It was like a light-skinned black lady with these fucked up eyelashes. Oh, the lady on that TikTok talking yeah. about why black people don't get hired and they names and all that shit. Right. She told people like, was, that's a gatekeeper. and all that shit. And it was interesting to me because I have friends with some of the hoodest names on earth and they, nobody, white people 
didn't care. <laughs> you know, right. and that is, right. but because the reality is that they weren't going to hire a black person, they weren't going to hire a black person regardless of what your name was. Right. The name so thing your name, just made Your name move. is Michelle. You right. get into the room, you get interviewed. They didn't want to hire a nigga. Guess what, Michelle? You ain't getting a job. That's what I try your to tell people. I tell people don't this, make a difference. I they tell people this all the time. time. When you see black people or racist white people saying that if you would just do A, B, C, and D, they didn't, it ain't about that. You know what I'm saying? It's because they don't like you because you black. Right. And if you, and and, and you and the, no and anyways, and the black person that says that, that's just a nigga scared to death and don't know what to do. They but don't have a solution. everybody else to be scared, though. That that's type of thing. black person has no solution. It's like that guy, and I know y'all seen this because this is right after Trayvon Martin got killed. He's, he, I think this guy was a professor at Harvard or something like that. And he lives, you know, in that bougie area next to Skip Gates and all that. And he was talking about how his son is not allowed to wear a hoodie. And his son came, he has to dress like he had to, it was on TV. He had oh, his clothes, uh, son's clothes. Lawrence Graham. Something. Whoever the fuck he was. Yeah, he wrote he that book. Clothes. He wrote that book, um, Our Kind of People. He pretty much had his, clo- his son's clothes li- like laid out what he's going to wear every day. What he's not understanding is that. Trayvon Martin didn't get killed because he had a hoodie on. Mm-hmm. But when you a nigga scared in this system, or as Khalid Muhammad would say, trapped behind enemy lines, you'll say anything. Talk about it. But, you know, he You'll switched up. You'll say anything. That same guy switched up. I think something happened to his son oh, while wearing a suit. I'm sure it did. Mm-hmm. Lawrence Otis Graham, that was his name. Um, yeah, he wrote that book, Our Kind of People, and he was the one in that video. And what's interesting about that is he and he really believed all that stuff he's, he's one of the black elite oh he definitely believes um, it. absolutely so but he talks about the one of the things i love about that book is that you can still hear his elitism as he's writing the book he's critiquing it but yeah. and, and exposing it but it's still in him right and yeah. that still video got some a, reverence for it right and then that mm-hmm. video was perfect he still don't want to be around you niggas and don't then like a twisted. couple years later he came back out like damn i was wrong about that shit <laughs> <laughs> like kind of like Carter G. Woodson did with yeah but um, something else that you had said, Kenny, that I wanted to touch on because you made a really good point. Um, oh yeah, it's the same lady I was thinking about, and people, the gatekeepers. The thing is, they're in positions to keep people out and Absolutely. tell you and turn you away, yes. even though that might not even be what, like you said, what that what the white people are even asking them to do. Because yeah. and on top of that, my whole thing about the whole name thing. And I know how I am. I'm different. I don't work in certain types of fields, so I don't know what it's like in certain types of fields. So I'm not judging people. But me personally, I don't want to work at a place if I have to sneak my way in as a Exactly. You know if, I mean? if, I have, if we have to behave this way, why would I want to work for this person? Why would I want to be in an environment where I have to think about shit like that all day? I've never right. worked for a crazy racist white person. Me neither. And, and never will. And part of the reason is because I, I, I don't, put up with that shit. Those people aren't going to hire me no way. I go to my interviews with my natural hair. Back before it was popular, I promise you. Mm-hmm. I, and everybody was talking about how they wear a wig to go to job interview. In fact, I think that same lady said some shit like that. You know, wear a wig on your job interview. But, was, or, but wasn't she like, isn't she like a, a part of like a Department of Human Services, like child welfare or some shit like that? Because that's where a lot of that happens at those type of jobs. I don't remember. But what's funny is, so let's, they'll tell you just do that to get through the interview, don't wear braids, don't wear twists, don't, you know, none of that stuff. And do that, and then when you get the job, then you can, you know, wear your hair natural. And I never did that shit. I wore an afro on my job interviews. My hair is always natural. You know what I mean? Um, I had my hair in braid outs and twist outs, and guess what? Only one time in my life, I didn't get the job. 
only right. one time. If I, if I got all the way to the interview, I got the job. So, yeah. and that one time that I didn't get the job, it wasn't because of my hair, because she had a, a a big poofy natural hairstyle. She was a black woman, mm-hmm. so you know, it was, I honestly, I think I wasn't hired because I just, you know, it wasn't. You really know, the, 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 the time I live in Portland, so a lot of times, like, there's so many things. As much as I fucking hate this place, uh, there's so much stuff that they've been so far ahead of the rest of the country on with certain things, like when it comes to hiring practices and things like that, right? So, you know, whenever I go into a job interview, like I have interviewed people, you know what I'm saying? I've interviewed black folks. I had a black dude come in and tell us that he can't come to the interview right now. Can he reschedule it? Because uh, somebody was calling him from home or something. I was like, nigga, what? Nigga, you out of here. You know what I'm saying? So there's a certain uh, there's always a part of the story that people don't tell when they don't get hired. There is times when you just don't get hired because they chose somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But and I'm not saying it doesn't happen that people don't hire you because of your name because they already did the study. I I did the study when I was in college. But we saying why you want to work there? Exactly. Well, <laughs> they, exactly. Right. Exactly. So and that well, was and that was what we were saying. You know what I'm saying? We did this in graduate school where we had they had ten different names that had all the same credentials. Five of them had black sounding names. Five of them had you know regular. I guess you want to call white sounding names. But at the end of the day, we was like, yeah. But at the end of the day, if they're gonna treat you like that, why would you want to work there anyway? You know what I'm saying? It's like when they did the study of uh, a white man going to the bank with no ID, trying to get a check cashed. They cashed it. And then a black man goes in with no ID and they wouldn't cash it. I would never want to bank there. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'll go somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? So the attitude has to change that, you know, first things first, you don't need to be fucking desperate. You know what I'm saying? And I That's think true. sometimes we we we, 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 we throw the baby that. out with the bathwater a lot of times. Because, again, a lot of these conversations take place online. You know what I'm saying? So now when that black lady came on, because I seen that video, I think I was still on Twitter at that time too. When yeah. she was talking about the reason why y'all ain't getting hired because we ain't trying to hire no Bone Quisha. I'm like, there is nobody named Bone Quisha. Okay? Like, why are you lying? Right. Because we love to put extras on. You know, it's like I always say, niggas wake up and lie on Twitter every day. That's what they do. The right. first thing and they the, do. The Shaniquas and the Aquafinas no, and all that. Like, black folks don't even name their kids. They don't that even do that. Like, you know what I'm well, saying? I do know a, sh- I know a Shaniqua. But is she in your age group, though? No, she's like your age group. Yes, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, that, those, yeah, like yeah. that generation yeah. is 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 it's older gone. millennials or Gen X. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. The younger that's, people that's are Gen not X naming stuff. their kids that no more. Like, no, I, that's true. How many damn black boys I know name is Caden now? Yeah, or Jordan, <laughs> Jordan, Caden, Skyler. Yeah, true. That's a good like, point. Like that's that's everybody's Skyler, name. Yeah. Now, but you know? even yep. but my whole thing though is like, why are you trying to discourage black people? And telling them that they're oh no the problem is your blackness you have to hide it no the uh, problem like why would you do that like I because don't because that's understand. a self that's a self hate issue and why like I've never been a person who felt like I had to change who I was to get a job I've never oh, felt nah. like that uh-uh. oh. um, one thing I can say my dad did was definitely um, instill that in me like basically this is a job this is not your life you don't own right. it these people Thank don't you. like you you yeah. know what I mean like they uh-huh. they cool with you. But they're not your friends. They're not your family. Right. You know what I mean? You there to work. And if something happened to you, guess what? They're going to replace your ass. Man, you could die. To, I could die tomorrow. They got I somebody can, in I, your seat the next day. I could, I, I could die tomorrow and they will have somebody at Portland Public Schools trying to fill my position. Exactly. Right away. All right, y'all. So that is the end of part one go to again patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two be good